Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. And I'm Robert Bocciolato. And today we're going to be talking about one of the craziest, most uncanny places on the planet, and certainly maybe the most in Florida, Key West and the Conquer Republic. And uh, Robert, I was uh, a young boy when I remember Mm -hmm. Key West declaring its independence. I mean, it was a huge deal. I was was seven years old and was kind of a TV addict even at that age and would watch the local Mm -hmm. news in, in, in the Miami Fort Lauderdale market. And I actually took it seriously. I was a kid. Yeah, 1982. It was April of 82. I remember very well. Well, you know, I was, uh, when it happened, I was uh, negative five. I wasn't <laughs> born until 87. But uh, when I was a kid growing up, my dad had a dive shop in Hollywood, Florida. And he had this giant Conk Republic sign that he hung in his uh, dive shop. And all the people that would come into the dive shop were people that um, either participated in that quote-unquote rebellion or, um, you know, were big supporters of it or had uh, vacation there. And he used to go to the Keys all the time. And it was such a strange part of the Keys' identity. Uh, Even today, it was... um, you know, something sort of like a badge of honor that, uh, you know, and part of their uh, ruckusy, roguish quality that, you know, that seems to kind of ferment in the keys. But also it was used as a tourism booster, even today. Yeah, in fact, the keys always had a little bit of a libertarian streak. I know our political friends who try and say, well, is it Democratic? Is it Republican? You know, Um it's one of these things where they're very independent minded. And I think it depends on the error, even the election cycle, whether that means you're voting Democratic or Republican. That 82 rebellion came right in the heart of um, the drug running days in in Mm -hmm. South Florida. And and in in a future show, we're going to talk about Miami and the cocaine cowboys as Billy Corbin has dubbed them and and all of that. Um, Part of the rebellion was, I think there was a, a general sense in the keys that they were sick of the, uh, the INS and the D, uh, mm-hmm. DEA and all of these agencies uh, harassing them constantly uh, throughout the Keys. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's, um, there's this really great movie called The Mouse That Roared. And what it's about is it's about a small country with a small population and they're getting squeezed financially. And so what they decide to do is they're going to declare war on America and they're going to go to America, they're going to fire one shot and surrender, and then um, play, uh, you know, for aid, so that America would come and give them aid, because America is known for that. We're known for, you know, the Marshall Plan, the Truman Doctrine, you know, the Hoover uh, relief aids, you know, all during the last two world wars. And what is so interesting, that movie came out about 25 years before this event, was that that was essentially what the Conk Republic was going to do. That's what their idea was, was that they set up this border patrol to enter the Keys, and it was destroying the tourism. It was such a pain to get into the Keys, and it wasn't stopping the trafficking at all. It wasn't touching the smuggling. And so they said, well, we're going to close down the bridge. We're going to secede from the Union, 
and then we're going to shot shoot one shot into the ocean and and ask for aid and that was pretty much what they did and they tried to be humorous about it but it then they kept doing it was <laughs> what was so if, funny if anyone hasn't seen the mouse that roared the movie i know it was a book and i i will admit i have not read the book um you have to see it if you like peter sellers if you like dr strange love yeah. uh he was even better in this and he played three roles yeah. like he did in, in dr strange love uh just a phenomenal movie and that yes, movie. yeah was the basis of, of what, what you said um and, and the 1982 decision by Key West to uh, to uh, do this Conk Republic thing. Now, let's go further back, Robert. Key West mm-hmm. has strangely, given its geography, always been an integral part of Florida from statehood onward, um, mm-hmm. long before the southern half of the peninsula developed. And, and uh, when you think about uh, the, the run-up to the Civil War and the Civil War itself – it was arguably one of the two or three most important points in the state. Absolutely. You just, you just look at just how tiny the keys are. And then you look at all the history around the keys. I mean, just to, you know, just for a, for instance, um, right by the keys is the Strait of Florida. That's where the battleship Maine is buried. The battleship Maine was what started the Spanish-American War. You take a look at um, right along the Keys is the Atosha ships, the Spanish treasure ships that sank there. And it was one of the biggest litigation battles in Florida history took place there. You take a look at um, the fort in Key West. That was such a huge part of our Civil War effort. It's always been this enormous uh, seaport. It's always been um, a place where you could go. Florida itself has been a place where you could go and reinvent yourself. But Keys, there was um, there was always this community element of smuggler slash pirate slash learned, um, you know, legal mind. You know, there was there was a. Um, a very important, very prominent legal community there in the 1860s and 1870s. In fact, a governor, uh, uh, Governor Marvin, was a judge there, and um, he was regarded as one of the greatest legal minds in uh, the 18th, uh, the 1880s, 1890s. Um, so what you had was you had these two very distinct classes of Floridian, and they got along terrific, and. Um, that is very rare in this state um, until recently where you had these um, these unique polar opposites and they were forging a community together. And um, I don't know if there's any other place where you have all of these events, all of these things time and time again, um, like Key West, when Harry Truman would go on vacation, he'd go on vacation at Key yeah. West um, you know, you had Hemingway. Hemingway went to Key West. Um, geez, when James Bond did a movie in Florida, they filmed it in Key West. I mean, it was all, all yeah, license to things. kill. Uh, and and yeah, yeah, I should point out because uh, we're going to talk about this in the future: uh, the history of uh, Pan American World Airways and Eastern Air- Airlines. So Pan American World Airways first flight, the, the the most famous name in aviation until the 1990s, began in Key West. 
I mean, you can, and you know, to say nothing about Flagler and his railroad. I mean, you could, you can legitimately make a point um, that next to Saint Augustine, the most important, historically speaking, part of Florida is the Keys. Yeah, and in uh, 1898, when the Maine was sunk, and we went to the Spanish-American War, as you mentioned, went went into the Spanish-American War. Key West was actually the most populated city in Florida. It was actually the largest city in Florida. Uh, that is very hard to believe because there was no uh, direct link to the peninsula at the time. There was no uh, Henry Flagler's Railroad didn't come there for, for about two decades long uh, after that. Uh, and uh, there was no road link, obviously, until the 19 uh, after the 1935 hurricane. Uh, the the Labor Day hurricane. So, uh, but it was already so strategically important, so vital uh, to even economic interests in the state that it was the largest city. Oh, a- absolutely. And um, you know, I mean, nowadays, you know, it's it's sort of uh, as as we mentioned the the topic of this, the Conquer Republic. Um, you know, now they're they're they like to talk that Key West is their own planet, their own country, that they're so far removed from ordinary Florida or the ordinary South or even the ordinary American way of life. Um, but for a long time, um, Florida was Key West it, without question. All of, um, I'd say, 80% of tourism was in and around Key West in Miami. Um, and if I think the other 20% was along the, the Gulf Coast, which is now the, you know, known as the Forgotten Coast. But there was hardly any involvement um, from outside people and outside finance on any other part of Florida. Those two coasts and the Key West area. Right, the entire peninsula basically was empty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in terms of that, and uh, you still see today when I, when I've traveled abroad, I still see tour books, you know, or Florida tour books, which are largely focused around um, you know, Disney World and yeah. uh, the Tampa area and Southwest Florida. And uh, I, I saw this in London just a few months ago when I was there. And there are separate tour books with say Miami and the Keys. Yeah, it's almost no, not considered part of Florida for that that purpose. It's a, it's a, its own separate entity in a way. And and what's so amazing about that is you could you could make the argument that Miami and Orlando are new entries into Florida history, new entries into Florida culture, and people seem I think because of the whole sort of silly you know kind of party esque beach life atmosphere of the keys they sort of lump them in with the miami and the orlando aspect of florida but the reality is as we've stated is that the keys were you know in many ways right alongside uh saint augustine and uh tallahassee and pensacola um in the sort of frontier development of this state and people forget about it for some reason. Another aspect of Key West I want to touch on before we uh, conclude this show is that it has more um, ethnic diversity in its history than just about any place in Florida uh, in, in terms of long-term history. It's Afro-Bahamian history. It mm. is tremendous. Uh, the other place that has a lot of that actually is Coconut Grove. 
the Coconut Grove neighborhood of Miami, if uh, you're familiar with that area to our listeners. And then uh, the Cuban American history and kind of the Spanish history in the town is tremendous. And all of these elements, this melting pot seemed to coexist, as you mentioned earlier, very, very well in a way that they wouldn't in other parts of the southern United States at that time. It was just a very different place. Um, And, you know, that's one of the famous things about the Keys is that I think it's one of the only places in the country where you can live in a trailer and it's cost is like a quarter or a half of a million dollars just because of the beautiful beachfront that it's surrounding and that's um you know and and that really is um that's another part of the sort of beach dynamic of the keys is that um you know so many other beautiful beaches and so many beautiful locations are gobbled up by all of these mega rich mansions and the keys has always tried to maintain these small dwellings so that as many people can participate in the beauty of the state as possible. And that was one of the reasons why the Conquer Republic um, was founded and why it was as successful as it was, was you had um, the mayor, the city council, all of the business leaders, and a huge part of the population doing this together, you know, this campaign against trying to bring awareness to the United States that this wasn't working, this policy, this border patrol. Um, You know, they had Conk Republic signs and banners made in the airport in in Key West. Um, You know, they elected a, um, you know, a a general secretary, um, you know, (laughs) to basically be this sort of goodwill ambassador to the Conk Republic. You know, they they did this and... um, it was because of the community spirit of the Keys that um, they collectively were on the same page. And that, again, for Florida, that is a very rare thing to have, you know, tens of thousands of people being on the same page. And they were. And, uh, you know, you add into the fact that they're just crazy. <laughs> um, I, think they not, I think they elected a dog as mayor one year as a joke. <laughs> But, um, you know, then you add um, the, the explosion of nightlife and bars that were taking place around the same time. And like I said, you had Mel Fisher, who was every day make, <laughs> making history. Um, you know, he was rediscovering things, pulling things out of the ocean that were buried for, you know, four or five hundred years. And every single day. There was, um, you know, Florida was trying to bring more and more television, more and more film business to. It was mostly settling all in the keys. Um, It was a very exciting time. And so um, they had, as a result, they had a pretty big microphone because people were coming there. People were already watching there and looking there. And um, it, it is probably in terms of contemporary history for this state, one of the most exciting and interesting and least documented parts of Florida, Florida history of the 20th century. 
for those of you on the peninsula who can't get to Key West, a lot of Mel Fisher's uh, finds are in a museum in Sebastian in Indian River County. And I would encourage everybody to check that out uh, if you get a chance and, and you can get to the Vera Beach, Sebastian area. It's, it's amazing. It'll blow your mind some of the stuff he was uh, pulling out out of the ocean at that time. One also mentioned in terms of Key West politically, we've just gotten done. Uh, as we record this uh, a couple of weeks ago with uh, President Trump meeting with uh, Prime Minister May, outgoing Prime Minister Theresa yeah. May, he's going to probably be replaced by as Prime. The first meeting between John F. Kennedy and Harold, President John F. Kennedy and, and Prime Minister Harold McMillan in Key West. Uh, it uh-huh. was just, it, it was even a poll. When we talked about Eisenhower went to Key West a number of times. Uh, Roosevelt went to Key West a number of times before Truman set up his little White House there. Mm-hmm. And J- JFK, I just mentioned, and I believe Carter may have got to Key West a few times. Yeah, he did. He did. And I mean, but I mean, as far as presidents are concerned, I mean, Clinton went to Key West. Warren G. Harding went to Key West numerous times. I mean, it was just Ulysses Grant yeah. did actually. I think that was the first official state visit to Florida after Florida had been readmitted to the Union was to Key West. It was the most important place in the state at the time. Yeah, I, and what's amazing with that is um, I, I don't think it was, I think it was like another 25, 30 years before, before Tallahassee, you know, the state capital was graced by William McKinley, who was president at the time. You know, I mean, it took another 30 years for our capital to have the kind of significant uh, reputation that Key West had already been having for decades. Yeah, and it continued. I mean, I once again, I mean, I would I would remind people that Harry Truman spent so much of his time. He spent as much time in Key West probably as Donald Trump is spending in Palm Beach. I mean, it was just such an incredibly significant place. But um, anyway, Robert, we're going to uh, leave it there. Okay. There's a lot more on Key West. We could do this for hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a rich historical city. Uh, those of you in the state who have not visited Key West or not spent any time in the Keys in general, not just Key West itself, uh, I would strongly encourage you to do that. It's uh, it's like nothing else in the world. And, so, and also um, in, in Tallahassee at the Florida Museum of History, um, they have a lot on Mel Fisher and a lot on the Keys. And there's also some really great new books that are out about the Conch Republic. I would recommend you guys checking them out. Fantastic. And I actually, the next time I go to Tallahassee, need to do that. I wanted to get the Florida Museum of History. It's been a lot of new displays there. Uh, and I wasn't able to do it this last visit to Tallahassee. But that also that Mel Fisher Museum or that Treasure Museum in Sebastian worth checking out uh so until next time uh we will ca- uh we will catch you again the florida is our website and thank you for listening to the florida history podcast